I'm Anwar. And I'm Fairlith. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Discast. Good afternoon slash evening, Anwar. Hi, Fairlith. How are you? Hi. I'm I'm good. I realize I always specify the time of day, but it doesn't really matter because it's a podcast. Yes. And no one can see the clock or the weather. Exactly. But it is evening. It's 719 p.m. That gives you some context for our lives right it, now. It, yes. It could also just very well be <laughs> the middle of the night. Nobody would ever know. That's it's true. It's fine. We're mysterious. Well, we're about to be less mysterious because we're going to talk a lot about our opinions about things. So yes, less mysterious. But um, that being said, I guess let's jump into Disney news. Today is Cinderella mm-hmm. live action and I'm excited to get to it. But I'm even more excited to talk about the food videos we've been watching. Yes. Okay, so Disney news. Uh, I guess the big <laughs> thing, the, the big, big topic really is just a lot of is still uh avengers campus it's kind of the big thing. yes and i have some uh pandemic uh theme park updates as well but just a couple yes well why don't you go ahead and start then all right well it is currently monday june 14th as we record this and tomorrow june 15th uh we're moving into semi-normality in california which is really exciting mm-hmm. um people are allowed to remove their masks in disney parks yes. um as long as they're outside so that's exciting um until work mandates change uh cast members at disney parks will continue to wear their masks but for now at least in north america you can go into the parks uh maskless which is nice because i'm always down to wear a mask because i want to keep other people safe but i don't want to wear a mask i don't want to all the foundation comes off the tip of my nose and all the insides of my masks are covered in lipstick because it's weird to do half a face of makeup that's it's just weird yeah yeah and admittedly, so, like the, uh, yeah. I, I generally just feel better about not having a mask on when I'm, when I am outside, especially yes. when I'm in like in an open, a big open area. So, but yeah, so it's nice that the, uh, that all of that is moving forward. And again, mm-hmm. especially just because with, just with how, with how well California has been doing with vaccinations and everything, like it's, yeah, it's nice to see that things kind of going back to a moniker of normalcy like this last yeah. weekend they just did a big pride thing yeah it's crazy it's um Dis- disney's good at um doing uh demonstrative pride events but disney oh no no listening... sorry not disney uh los angeles oh yes okay yeah it was like yeah they do they do gay days and stuff but well gay days yeah. was never officially san- sanctioned by no but they don't do anything about it no and then it just becomes a giant thing like i i I looked into it once uh Mm. into doing gay days and i realized you're basically you basically just attend the park wearing a red shirt and then they do a bunch of stuff outside of the park afterward yeah and all of those are all are all ticketed events and i'm sure they're lots of fun but i Yeah, yeah but they're just too damn expensive yeah well you know it's like um Oh, what's the fellow's name who invented Gravity Falls? I don't Alex remember. Something. 
Well, now I want to know, but he tweeted the other day um, about uh, <laughs> uh, at the beginning of Pride Month, uh, and the tweet paraphrased was, sure, we'll slap a rainbow bumper sticker on Lightning McQueen, but you better cut out any gay scene from your show so that Russia and China don't get mad. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but um, I'm glad they at least let gay days happen, I guess. I mean, ugh, it sucks. It sucks to be queer in a corporate world, but I think things are at least slowly changing. Alex Hirsch is his name. Yes. Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. And Nailed it. It's, it is nice to kind of see them start to kind of go in some direction. Because I, I think I think I remember seeing somewhere where like the, the new Disney Pixar film Luca is apparently going to have some sort of queerness in it. So <gasps> I hope so. so the animation in that looks gorgeous. It does. It looks really pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I hope in our lifetime we get the first lesbian Disney princess. That's my dream. I think I think it will happen well, before just, we're dead. Well, that's just Elsa. <laughs> not a queer baiting Disney princess. Not a not a, a queer baiting Disney princess who doesn't get a girlfriend and also is technically a queen, so doesn't even count in my opinion. No, that's fair. She isn't. She isn't technically a princess. You're right. She is yeah. just a queen. Also, and I know I'm in the minority on this, but I'm going to I'm going to say my risky opinion, Anwar. Are you ready? Is this your Tangled versus Frozen thing? No, oh. but that's another risky opinion. Is it that really I though? Have. It's really not. I really don't think it's all <laughs> no, that risky. No, it's not. Tangled is a better movie than Frozen. I don't like any of Elsa's designs. I don't like her costumes. Really? At all. I I don't like the blue ice dress, especially. I hate it. Really? I usually love Disney princess designs. Everything from Moana to Mulan to Giselle to Snow White. I love. I have never liked that blue dress that she wears in Frozen, and I wish they would stop putting it on everything because I actively dislike it. Really? How come? Yeah. I, it's hard to say. I don't like the slinkiness of it. I don't like the detached corset. I think, honestly, cosplays of it are wonderful, but, like, I'm impressed with the, uh, what, what would I, marksmanship is not what I'm looking for. Uh, craftsmanship. craftsmanship. Yes, good. The craftsmanship. But it just, it, it emphasizes to me that it's just not a very attractive design, in my opinion. Okay. I don't like it. All right. I mean, that, that's fair. You're, you're allowed to have that opinion. How do you feel about I, uh, how do you feel about uh, her her dress in Frozen Two after she? I like it better. Yeah, after she. But like... I don't like it either. <laughs> <laughs> I I just don't like the slinky look. I don't okay, like it. That's fair. I like a poofy dress, and um, those dresses kind of leave me cold. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that pity laugh. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. This is I've lost the plot a little bit. I'm just really excited to be here today. That's I'm just okay. blithering. That's okay. I'm so sorry. Uh, well, Let's talk about the panini. Oh, jeez. Yes. Okay. So so Fairleth and I watched uh, a Disney vlog of uh, this cute gay couple who went to Avengers Campus and they mm-hmm. basically ate and drank a bunch of stuff from Pimini's te- from Pimini's. From, from Pimini's the, Pimini. From uh, the Pim Test Kitchen. And yes. so much of the food legitimately looks really good. And it was really cool really to actually see what a lot of those dishes really, really look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, with the uh, with the impossible spaghetti and meatball thing, uh, that looked really good. I do think it's hilarious that your bowl is a giant spoon. I think that's very fun. Yeah, I think that's super cute. Uh, yeah, just, like, it, a lot of it is just really fun. That big-ass yeah. pretzel, that's a fucking big-ass pretzel. That is a big-ass pretzel. A lot of the food looks a little odd, but I'm sure it's very delicious. Yeah. Um, Disney food tends to be this blue bread is incredible. Yes. Um, and then, and yeah, and so they had a piece of the of the pimini, uh, mm-hmm. and 
that thing looks thick. <laughs> like, it looks stacked with meat. And honestly, yeah. I am excited. It, I can tell because what you just said sounded extremely sexual. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's thick and piled high with meat. Yeah, you want to eat that pamini. We're going to get it for you. I fucking do. It you lo- deserve it. Yeah, it looks delicious. Like, it, yeah. uh, it just legitimately looked really, really good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're right. And I was really feeling a little iffy about the pimini mm-hmm. as being an offering. So, like, I, I appreciate these vloggers for assuaging. Is that how you pronounce that word? Assuaging my I fears? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I've only ever seen it uh, written, but I wanted to sound um, erudite. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, and I love all the cups at Pim's Test Kitchen. They're like they're test, they're not test tubes, they're beakers. Yes, with the logo on them. Um, That's very. The cute. shawarma looks really good. Mm-hmm. The popping boba's in the drinks fill me with glee because I love popping boba's. Overall, just like I'm, way more excited for Pim's Test Kitchen now than I was before. Before I was a little cynical about it, and I take it back. Well, I'm. I'm well, sorry. <laughs> well, I'm glad you were able to, you know alter your opinion because like you're allowed to change your mind yeah i love changing my mind then i get to experience more things but yeah i'm excited to have a meal at pim's test kitchen for sure yeah me too it they Mm -hmm. it all looks it all looks legitimately really really good oh and shawarma because i'm a big shawarma um can we say slut on the podcast yeah i'm a big shawarma slut yay (laughs) so i'm really really stoked for that I mean, I made I made Greek food for dinner. I am anything that has white sauce in a pita that like, oh, my God, I'm ready. <clears throat> it does. Yeah, it's it looks like an exciting time for sure. Mm. Uh, the other thing that I that I wanted to point out was apparently they have this is this is super tangential from food. This is not not food related oh, at all. Totally. Let me add one more note. Then I mm. understand that shawarma is not Greek; that it's Lebanese. But I'm just saying, I like I like pitas with meat in them. Sorry, go ahead. It's okay. Uh, is that uh, for the character meet and greets mm-hmm. for Loki? Oh my god! They had yes. him in his TVA uh, prisoner's outfit, which is hilarious. What are you going to do? Meet Loki and be like, "Ha, you're in jail." But I just think it's interesting that they decided to make that an option. Oh, I love it. Well, they said when I was watching the um, intro corporate uh, Welcome to Avengers Campus video, they said Mm -hmm. that every time they release a new movie or a new series or something Marvel related, they're going to work that into the lore of Avengers Campus. So I'm really excited to see how it changes over the coming weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really it's that's that's real cool. I dig it. Mm -hmm. Super dig it. I also wonder, I don't know if you ever heard about this, but they've mostly, they used to have Jack Sparrow as like a free roaming character in Disney parks mm-hmm. um, in, in uh, Anaheim, in Disneyland and in, in um, the Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. They took him out because moms wouldn't stop hitting on him <laughs> in like a very sexual way. So you really uh-huh. don't see Jack Sparrow very much anymore. And okay. that is literally the reason I read like three articles about it. So my question is, wow, thirsty, okay. thirsty people like me are going to be going into Disney's California Adventure 
and meeting Loki of Asgard, who is known for telling people to kneel. And I just like, I'm not going to sexually harass this man. I won't. I won't. I like, I won't do it. But like, will someone? Is this going to be a problem? Because I think Loki is 10 times sexier than Jack Sparrow. Loki looks like he bathes. Mm. Jack Sparrow looks like he doesn't. And so I would rather hit on Loki. But like, I'm wondering if, if they've considered that. That's all. You know, I I don't <laughs> think they have. Yeah? Well, I mean, like, nobody, they're not, I mean, apparently, like, the Disney princesses get, like, hit on a bunch, proposed mm-hmm. to a lot. So, like, you don't, and of course, you don't see them pulling the Disney princesses. So I just. That's true. Right? So it's like. But, but it's I, like there's nothing thirstier than a 43-year-old woman in a sun visor and short white jorts. Like hardcore so, hitting on, on Jack you Sparrow. know, just yeah. that. That's funny. <laughs> that is just funny to me. Like, oh, I wow, agree. wow, <laughs> my goodness. So, I'm wondering. I'm gonna look up YouTube videos of the Loki face character and see if people flirt with him because, like, literally, there's nothing else I'd rather do in this world than flirt with Loki. I, I mean, I don't think. I don't think. Th- they have them but you're welcome to try and look for them i guess <laughs> what look for videos, videos of, people of, hit- of people hitting on loki no i just i want to see various videos and see what people say to him because oh. like i feel like what i could say to him what i would say to loki if i met him was like listen i feel like your family doesn't appreciate you and i feel like i could take you away from all this what do you say <laughs> Oh my god! And also, I'm really into pretty woman him. Maybe I will. Maybe I will pretty woman him. Are you gonna? You're just gonna straight up pretty woman Loki because that's hilarious. Yeah, I'm gonna Loki pretty woman Loki. That's oh, that's precious. I would love to do this. I know a lot of people propose marriage to the stepsister face characters, and like I want to be chill about it, but I don't know if I'm gonna be able to. But I feel like proposing marriage to the stepsisters is a little more tongue-in-cheek and is more just kind of like making kind of like playing around with them than anything else i see so you you have sensed that i seriously do want to marry this man and make him be in character as loki forever i've been caught out you were right i do i know i know you too well (laughs) you do but um genuinely all silliness aside i i do wonder because i i remember hearing about all the inappropriate you know how um women will use their privilege sometimes to uh sexually harass men in a way that is super inappropriate and a way a man couldn't get away with and that's sort of what i'm referencing honey i i i've go-go danced at gay bars oh there you go so yes i'm fully aware (laughs) yeah women stop thinking you can just grab whatever you want like Stop it. I've like um, I, I've straight up been like in the bar, just like walking around, just kind of like doing my own thing. And then I like what was I wearing? I think I was just like wearing I don't even think I was wearing like a jock strap or a thong. I think I was just in briefs in underwear. And yeah. like a woman just straight up went and just like went right right to right out my butt. Like squeezed oh my, my ass cheek. Like full hands. It's just And that's so messed up. And I feel like a lot of women think that they can just kind of do that. But if it's something that you would pause if a man did it, then like you don't get to do it either. And I... I think that's sort of what the Jack Sparrow problem was about, about Mm -hmm. like, you know, women using that female privilege to be gross with the actors. Mm -hmm. And I just think... 
now we have Thor, Captain America, all Loki, all these sexy characters, and I really hope that um, femmes keep their hands to themselves. That's all. It's just, just be nice. Be nice. Just be nice, and exactly, and ask for consent. Yeah. Like, but like Thor and Loki are not going to give you consent. <laughs> no, probably not. I'm probably going to be like, I mean, like. I guess maybe just because I ha- I don't have an interest in attempting to assault these characters, but I was yeah. like, like, what would be the closest? I would probably just like try and ask Thor if I could just stroke his hair because it's just so pretty. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you could ask it, him if you could stroke his hammer. Yeah, that's funny. But <laughs> but I feel like um, I feel like he's I feel like he has a wig on though. He probably has a wig. I think probably. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I keep losing the plot. I'm just I'm having oh, we're a great full, wacky we're day. Fully, we're fully digressing. We Whatever. are fully digressing now. Well, admittedly, <laughs> because like we don't have I don't think we have a whole lot of Disney news. I mean, like those were kind of like the big things. Just a little bit of Avengers Campus. Yeah. Uh, um, catching up on the news. As of tomorrow, non-residents of California are welcome in Disneyland Park, which makes me very happy. Woot woot. Um, I I'm not from California, but I'm going. Yeah. Uh, other than that. Not a whole lot. I mean, I did see this very, very cute video of uh, an old an, an old man who was part of like the I think he was part of like the opening day band. Oh, cool! When he was like in high school of Disney World, like when Disney World first opened, mm-hmm. they sent out requests to i guess some of like the local schools uh local school bands and stuff to be like come and perform at disney like and be part of the parade and I love that yeah and his school was selected and so he got to play the trombone in like marching in the opening day parade of disney world of magic kingdom specifically of course uh and yeah and there was just a cute video of him there with i think with his daughter and like their and like his grandson and like they were all able to like be like yeah, we're like three generations of Disney fans just like here and like and uh cuz he he was he also spoke to some of like the current bandmates, band members of Disney World and he was and uh that kind of thing. So I just thought that was just very cute. Yeah, that is super cute. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah, just a cute just some cute little wholesomeness. Cute wholesomeness. We yeah. need more cute wholesomeness in the world. And that we do. Speaking also, of Also, did you sorry? know? What's that? Did you know? This is just, this is not Disney news. This is just something I didn't know. The, the balloons, you know, the Mickey balloons that you can get yeah. on Main Street, they are $13. Oh, yeah. No, the, the, the all of those things that they're that they sell like on the side of Main Street and everything, they're mm-hmm. all real expensive. That, none, I can't believe that. None of them are cheap. Uh, $13 for a balloon, $17 for a special edition balloon. And it's going to be dead tomorrow. I'm shook. Mhm. Mhm. Anyway, sorry. You you do your digression now. Go. Uh, it was more transition. I was I was trying to transition back into. Okay, Cinderella. transition. Sorry. Uh, speaking of speaking of wholesomeness, we are moving into I guess like wholesome Cinderella stuff now, mm-hmm. because Cinderella is kind of wholesome, I guess. Cinderella is pretty wholesome. It's kind of cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so. You we did are, it. I did it. I did the thing. <laughs> so now we are, of course, talking about Cinderella 2015. Yes, 2015. Yes. Live action. Live action Cinderella. So let's start with overall thoughts. What did you think? 
Um, I like this movie a lot. I enjoy it a lot. Um, I think the character of Cinderella in this is weakened a little bit. I feel like Disney bought a little bit into their own hype of this girl being very um, bland and unable to fight for herself. And that's um, the only problem I really have with it is like Cinderella's spunkiness that we saw in the 1950 version and in Cinderella 3 (laughs) is um, lost a little bit here, in my opinion. But overall, I I like it a lot. Yes. I do think you... Oh, my other little... Oh, sorry. No, you finish. Go ahead. You finish. My other little quibble is I thought the stepsisters didn't stand out enough, which is crazy because they're very sparkly the whole time. But I I thought they weren't really distinctive enough. I thought Lady Tremaine was amazing. I liked the prince a lot. Um, I liked liked most of it, except the Duke didn't make a lot of sense and he had a whole B-plot. But yeah, I I dig it. And I like the costumes mostly. Yes. So I think you're I think you're right. I do think that the character of Cinderella in this feels very different. Uh and I think I think that's par- perhaps because they tried to almost they tried to do too much with her character, I think. I think they were basically just like, "Hey, yeah, you know how this character actually has like a whole backstory? Yeah, let's super focus on all of that." And it's mm-hmm. like, do you really need to? I mean, like, the the most backstory that we re- only really need is that her mom died when she was young. Yeah. But that's the, okay, that's the other thing about this movie is her mom died when she was pretty much an adult, it seemed like. Yeah. So there's another change from the original Disney telling of this story is Cinderella's dad died when she was a child mm-hmm. and left her alone as a child. Yeah. So... During that sequence in the original 1950 film, Cinderella and the stepsisters look about 12. So it makes sense to me that she would be stuck doing all these chores and things. But in this movie, she just seemed like it seems like a very weak-willed person because her dad dies and she's an adult woman. And they start calling her names. And Cinderella is not her name in this. It's a mean name. Mm -hmm. And they make her do chores and they make her sleep in the attic, which is totally a better bedroom. But anyway, they make her do all this stuff, but she's an adult. And she doesn't just leave. And that makes me crazy. Yeah, because objectively, like, she has no reason to stay in that house except, I guess, for, like, an emotional detachment to the house because of her dad, I guess. Yes, but, like, being kind doesn't mean being a doormat. And the moral of this movie is have courage and be kind. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's not kind to let someone call you a mean name. And it's not kind to let someone demand that you do things that shouldn't be your job. And it's not kind to let someone take your bedroom away from you. And I don't think the moral of this movie is as strong in that way. No, and you're right. And, like, I think the big thing is the big difference between the two characters of Cinderella in the 1950s version and the Cinderella and this is uh, at their core, they feel like two completely different people because the Cinderella in the 1950s, I feel is a lot more strong willed and is a lot more like, yeah, I recognize that I'm in this situation, but I'm not going to let that get me down because I know that fund that I know ultimately I'm better than these people. Yeah, and right. she makes plans, and she's biding her time. Like, And being a doormat is different than biding your time, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, because at the very least, when you're biding your time, you recognize that you yourself have autonomy, that you yourself are just, just have a better path in front of you. 
Whereas yeah. the Cinderella that's here in the 2015 version just kind of accepts everything and is like, yeah, yeah I guess it doesn't I'm just, even you know, really argue. Yeah. No, it's like it's still beautiful. Yeah, but I still th- I just think that the the original version just did a better job of establishing Cinderella's character as being somebody who's who understands their own worth and mm-hmm. recognizes that they deserve more. And you really see it when Cinderella wants to go to the ball, right? Yeah. Because the big difference between the two of these is that and then in the in the original version, she hears about the ball and she's like, you know what? I want to go to the ball because I want to go and have a good fucking time. I want to go to a party. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. But in this, yeah. in, in the in the remake, they have a whole scene where she meets the prince ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's a me cute. It's all nice. It's it's fine. Like, I do enjoy yeah. their interaction because I do think it's nice to have, you know, substance for their relationship. Except also he saves her and she's clearly a capable horsewoman. Why does it would have been so cool if instead she had saved him? Yeah. And it's like, mm. Eh. Eh. but like, no, I get what you're saying. Like, it's good for them to have met before. But also like now it's about her going to the ball to see this boy she likes instead of just going to a party. Yeah. And so now it's like her motive to go to the ball is, oh, I want to go and I want to go and see my friend Kit, you know, because apparently the yeah. prince, prince's name is Kit in this movie, which I just still think sure. is funny. Uh, and so it kind of takes away a little bit of that, of her own, I guess, motivation of wanting to be an independent, strong-willed person. Because her motive, while her motive isn't necessarily 100% romantic, it can still it can still kind of be viewed in that way and yeah. it it almost weakens it a little bit i feel i agree with you and so it's like okay yeah you want to go to the ball because you want ooh you want to go see a boy and it's like well yeah she wants to go see a boy that's fine rather than rather than be like there's a party at the palace you're of yeah. course i want to fucking go to a party at the palace duh right yeah so like the the, the two the two motivations feel different yeah. And they feel different in the character, which I which agree. I think is the big thing, which I think is the big problem that I had with this. I agree with you. I feel like they were trying to please everyone and as, as such made a really wishy-washy character. You can't please everyone. It's impossible. Yeah. And like, at the very least, if you're going to attempt to shift some form, if you're, if you're wanting to build on character or something, if the character was already well-established and was well done the first go-around... You don't have to change it. No, you don't. And that's the thing with all these live action movies. Why are you just changing things? Same with, frankly, same with Cruella. Frankly, same with Maleficent. It's okay for villains to be villains. I I know that's that's me digressing again, but like, it's okay for villains to be villains. You can just have them be villains. Yeah. It's fine. However, to that point, though, I, I personally feel that if you're going to remake something, it's better to do something different with it rather than just basically doing a shot for shot. So like, oh, I agree. So yeah, so like if, if we're because we're on a re- because we're talking about a remake, I'm gonna bring up mm-hmm. some of the other remakes. So like, love it. So like the Lion King remake, I think was a was a disaster. I hated it. Yeah, I hated it. I, the character designs didn't work for me. It's at not all. even that. It's not even that. Visually, oh, tell me more. Visually, I feel the movie was beautiful. 
because sure, it was uh, gorgeous. It was gorgeous because everything was CGI in that film, like all of the landscapes, all of the animals. It was all beautiful. Yeah, but I just didn't find the characters expressive. It wasn't that they. It wasn't even just that they weren't expressive. It's that the the live action version was a, was effectively a shot for shot remake of the animated film to the but point. CGI. But to the point of where while I was sitting in the theater, as I was watching the movie, I was able to mouth and recite every line of that movie because they just took the old script and they reused it. Yeah, why bother? And I and I have a fundamental problem with that. I like, do too. Like, if you're going to remake it, do something different, which is why I really liked the remake of Mulan, because the remake of Mulan, uh, like, issues with the production of that <coughs> film... Salud. Issues Pardon of the pro- <laughs> Issues of the production of that film aside, right? Mm-hmm. I... Th- I I liked the fact that they decided to do something different with it. They kept, yeah. they kept the core character. They kept the core plot. You know, her joining the army uh, in place of her father for for her family's honor and all this other stuff. That's all great, but because they did something different with it, I feel like it was a better choice, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas with this movie, whereas with 2015 Cinderella, I feel like they were they they were trying to basically expand on a movie that was able to concisely tell its story within an hour and 10 minutes. Yes. And brilliantly tell their story. And then they were like, oh, nowadays movies are like two and a half hours long. It's like, you don't have to do that. No one really wants to see a movie that's two and a half hours long. It has to be freaking riveting to want to see a movie that long. But not even just that. Like, it, it, it has to make sense. It has to give purpose to why it's going to be that long. Yeah. Because, like, so much of this movie was, or, like, the first, like, 10 minutes was basically just showcasing Cinderella, showcasing Ella when she was a child, showing this relationship with her mom and all this other stuff. And it's like, okay, I get it. She makes this promise to her mom to be, uh, excuse me, my turn, hmm. uh, to be uh, courageous and kind, right? To have courage, yeah. and, to have courage and be kind. Which I really don't think her mom meant to be like accept uh, emotional abuse from your step family. But go ahead. Yeah, like that. That doesn't yeah, exactly right. And so you, they spent all that time building up this this connection between Ella and her mom up until the point that she dies, and then like the rest of the film doesn't necessarily you don't really revisit that relationship all that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Right? Like the only other time they really kind of make sense of the mother of the mother daughter thing is like, they bring up the mother again when she meets her step, when she meets her, her fairy godmother, because her fairy godmother is like your mom, your mom believed in me. Your mom believed in fairy godmothers kind of thing. Right. And so it's like, okay. And then like at like the very end when the when Lady Tremaine is like trying to uh, is like trying to pass off as Cinderella's mother because the because the prince found uh, or because they were able to bring the glass slipper to Cinderella. She's like, I'm her mother. Like I, I all this other stuff. And then Cinderella's like, you were never my mother kind of thing. Right. So, yeah. But, but other than that, it's like. Why spend all that time? Why spend like 10 minutes at the top of the film making yeah. this connection and building this, uh, I guess, and building this groundwork when the rest of the movie is, isn't really about that? 
Yeah, I think you make a really good point. Yeah, because the rest of the movie is really more just about Cinderella trying to be nice to this to these evil stepsisters. Right, and, it's and weird. And it's like none of that has anything to do with with her biological mother, except for yeah. except for the promise that she made of have courage and be kind. Which, again, is, like, super weakened by her having courage and being kind, being letting this happen to her when she's, like, between 16 and 18, who knows how she's supposed to, how old she's supposed to be. Like, I just, I don't like it. Oh, now that we're talking about it, I'm so irritated. (laughs) But, I mean, ugh. Yeah, and it's, like, I don't know. Yeah. Costumes are nice. The costumes were very, very nice. (laughs) They were. They were. Uh. Kate Blanchett in all of those outfits were stunning. Oh yeah, Kate the Blanchett. The Lady Tremaine costumes. Yeah, incredible. Kate Blanchett is just amazing. That was the other yep. thing is that like they they tried to like build up this whole thing with Lady Tremaine being like she's uh, she's a woman who's she she was a widow and then married into Cinderella's family effectively out of pity. Uh, like Cinderella's dad on a on a trip basically met her and was like i feel really really bad for this woman because now she's all by herself you know she's a widow and everything and then marries her again out of pity which Mm -hmm. is just kind of not nice i don't think right and then and then lady tremaine kind of has to deal with the fact that the, the the father and cinderella never really got over the mother's death and so she mm-hmm. feels super like second best and all this other stuff. And so they 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 were trying to really uh, establish why Lady Tremaine uh, was the way that she was and why she acted the way that she did towards Cinderella because she was very bitter about everything because she felt that Cinderella was like was better than her in some ways. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, and yeah, and I feel like that also kind of weirdly altered the character of Lady Tremaine who from what we remember in the 1950s version was this very, you know, calm and sinister, sinister, collected, manipulative woman. Yeah. Right? But she wasn't like worried about bullshit. Like who's the fairest of them all. That was no. what was scary about Lady Tremaine. She was hell bent on like rising in society or like uh forwarding her um daughter's positions in life at all costs their status and like cinderella wasn't her blood relative so she didn't give a fuck about cinderella but it wasn't about like oh i'm jealous because she's blonde it was like no i just don't give a fuck about cinderella Mm -hmm. which is scarier to me in the context of this story anyway yeah because that's something you can't reconcile Right. Whereas the relationship between Lady Tremaine and Cinderella in the remake, I feel like was reconcilable. Yeah. Right. Because if they had just kind of like, like if the two of them had sat down in front of a therapist, everything would have been fixed. (laughs) It would have been like, Lady Tremaine, why are you so mad at Cinderella? And she'd be like, well, because she she reminds me of the fact that I was never really loved in my second marriage and all this other shit. And then like Cinderella can see, oh, that's why you're so mad at me. Yeah. And, and then, also that makes her dad kind of suck too. And all of so that, yeah, and exactly. That makes her dad super sucky, right? And yeah, and so I feel like the relationship between the two of them in the remake is more reconcilable and thus kind of weakens Lady Tremaine's uh status as a villain in comparison to the 1950s version. 
trying to flesh everything out, and this is the same thing I say about Solo, A Star Wars Story, which is another thing I would love to talk about (laughs) for ages, is like trying to flesh out all these characters when some of their motivation and backstory and history are left to our imaginations is a mistake, in my opinion, because our imaginations are never going to disappoint be as bland and disappointing as some random canon that these writers come up with just because they can yeah i don't know 100 percent. i i fully agree and like and just yeah it's i don't know it just it the whole like all of lady tremaine's story is just like she i like i don't even know she 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 tries to have that whole trying to like advance her daughter's status and thus her own status and everything there is still a little bit of that yeah but again i just feel like her motivation in general is just weakened because of them trying to i guess legitimize quote-unquote the reason that she's so shitty (laughs) but maybe what if she's just a dick yeah what if she's that what if she's just a dick because sometimes guess what some people are just dicks That's a thing. And I know in storytelling that we're supposed to have backstories and motivation for all characters, but this is a fairy tale. And her motivation, like, wanting her daughters to marry rich so that she doesn't have to work anymore is a perfectly acceptable motivation for the events of the story. That's still motivation. It serves the story. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. like, all of this fluff that that they brought in with this, with this remake... It, it just kind of, I don't know, it just, it kind of feels like it weakens the story a little bit. Yeah. No, yeah. I absolutely agree with yeah. you. And, the, and so in, in saying that, that is kind of why I was okay with what they did with the prince. Because we don't have any of the backstory of the prince. All we knew of the prince was that he was just a prince that was present and was a little, you know, put off by the fact that his dad really, really wanted to throw this ball so that he could find a wife. Mm-hmm. Right. That's all we really knew about him. Right. Yeah. And so that's why when they were fleshing out the prince's story and all of that, everything going like all the B, the B plot that was happening in the palace, mm-hmm. all of that, I was kind of OK with because that's all new. Yeah. Right. We have nothing to go on from the original. And so all of this that we were seeing was effectively original content. Oh, yeah. The only problem I had with the palace side of the story was what was the Duke even doing? Why did he care so much about who Kit married? You are 100%. You are 100% right. It was just, it was very odd why he was (laughs) so adamant about having him marry this, like, weirdly Spanish-coded princess. Yeah. She had a very pretty outfit. The princess of Zaragoza. Like, yes. why her? Why, why, why are you... Just tell this, us. Like, d- does this the kingdom... The movie's already so long. Just tell us. Yeah, like, does this does this kingdom have specific resources that, that the kingdom needs? Do they have a particularly big army? Are they super rich? Is he banging her handmaiden? Like... What is it? What is it? But for some reason, like, it was just, no, uh, I... The the Duke is like super hardcore pushing that that Kit marry the Princess of Zaragoza, and it's like cool. That's your motivation is just he needs to be married, and you want to pick the one that he marries. Like that's just that's a very very loose 
motivation yeah. because there it serves It'd no be purpose. one thing if the king was in on it with him, but he wasn't. Exactly. It and didn't seem like it anyway. Exactly. But again, like if there was true purpose to the duke wanting specifically that princess, it would have made more sense. And again, yeah. that could have just been written in a single scene. That could have just been mm-hmm. a scene to clarify everything. Yes. Right? Again, you're already you're already stretching this movie out to literally twice what it needed what it was originally. Why not add this scene just to make shit make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I'm totally with you. Yeah. I'm surprisingly a lot more mad at this movie than I thought I was. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, it's like, why aren't you making new magical original IP? Why are you trying to cash in on people having nostalgia for old movies and then making them worse? Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, I have... I don't necessarily have a problem with remakes because I think taking something and trying something new or trying to better them. Like, I guess you could look at Aladdin in some way. Like they were trying to make it better in that they were trying to give more representation to people of color in the story itself. Yeah. Um, I'm a little more meh about Aladdin in general. Like we'll talk about it when we get to it. Yeah. Um, but, like, that's at least something – that was at least serving, trying to serve a purpose, I think, is that they were trying yes. to at least be like, hey, here we have this story that takes place in a Middle Eastern – albeit a fake Middle Eastern con- or kingdom. Let's try it again and let's throw some actual people of color in there, right? Oh, that reminds me of the moment in Social Studies 11 that I'll never forget. You mean Agrabah isn't a real place? Oh, it was, yeah. It was, it was the International Baccalaureate Program. And that was said, I that was like almost 20 years ago, and I still remember it. Oh my it was goodness, wild. that is wild. <laughs> but anyway. I Yeah, Aladdin's weird because like I, I really feel like we need to put it to bed. I feel like it's so, it's such a fairy tale and has nothing to do with the real culture at all. And it, it's too bad because it's one of Robin Williams' best performances. But I just think like, what if we ease away from Aladdin and make some more things that are actually stories that are told by the people they're about? Yeah, like moana like moana like moana was a great example of that and so was raya like raya you had yep. you know asian performers telling these stories yep. and right? kenyan wrote it and yeah yeah so yeah like if you're gonna do something like that then at least try and and just make it better but they just didn't yeah. in this since i'm being a sassy bitch you know what else i hated anwar what <laughs> about this movie specifically yeah okay what <laughs> Um, Cinderella's hair for the ball. I hated it. Oh, oh, well, okay. I mean, okay. I can explain. Okay, explain. So her hair is rhinestoned with Swarovski crystals. Yes. And theoretically, like, if someone told me that, I would think, oh, I would like it. But they had to spray it stiff for the Swarovskis to sit on her hair and mm-hmm. for it to look right. So her hair didn't have movement in the ball and it looked like it, it was a half up, half down style. So I just think it was a big missed opportunity. I don't think the Swarovskis were worth it since we didn't get to see her hair do anything but be just a lump because it was so solid. Yeah, that, that's pretty fair. There you go. Yeah. But that that being said, what do you think of her gown? I think visually it's beautiful. I yeah, I, I, I legitimately really like the gown. I know you have a general... Just in general, you have a problem with the dress because it's not silvery it's... and silvery white. <laughs> make it silver. Make it blue. I <laughs> I didn't know before coming onto this podcast with you that I was so defensive about Cinderella, but, like, I guess I am. But I like the blue dress fine. I just – I think silver is a more magical color than blue. Mm. Myself. 
maybe blue, it, blue. Maybe it just maybe it just wouldn't have uh, looked as good Popped? on camera. Yeah, it wouldn't have popped Possibly. as well on camera because visually, I do think the blue does a really good job of catching your eye really, really well. And yeah, so well, I, none of the other bow costumes are blue. I checked. No, and and yeah, and I think just and so that may have been part of the decision to do that. Uh, while we're on the topic of the actual dress, uh, that whole transformation sequence, when the fairy godmother is there, I, okay. So I think when, when the fairy godmother is introduced, I -hmm. think that was probably the best example of the moral of this film of the have courage and be kind because, because she, you know, the fairy godmother dressed or is, is disguised as like an old hag kind of thing. And she's Mm -hmm. like, she's like, can you spare any bread, saucer of milk, anything? And so Cinderella, being kind, she's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, excuse me. Pours mm-hmm. her, pours her little thing of milk, and then hands it to her. And it's just like, yeah. yeah, you know. And and the and the fairy godmother makes the point of saying, oh yeah, you know, kindness, it can be worth a lot, which I think is true, right? And so in this moment when Cinderella is feeling really down because, of course, you know, the stepsisters and and Lady Tremaine basically just tore up her entire dress that she had spent hours making. So she's feeling really down. And then out comes the fairy godmother. And it's all it's all pretty. It's all nice. And she's in this cute little dress. It's all adorable with these really weird fake wings that yeah are just i don't weird. like the fake wings why did you put fake wings on the back of her dress when she's supposed to be really magic what's the point but the thing is is that the wings a hundred percent look like those fake wings that you would get at like party city straight up or like th- they look costumey i totally agree with you right and it's like you couldn't have like cgi the the wings to make them look nicer to make them look bigger yeah. because they really look it it literally looks like she just took like little They're fairy made of wings fabric. they just she just took fairy wings like the ones that are like on like those elastics that you just stick your arms through it looks like she yeah. just put those on absolutely i feel like you could even make um sort of tinkerbell looking wings with like you know filmy uh beautiful plastic like holographic kind of plastic and and aluminum and and have a better look if you're gonna have non-cgi wings and i just think why yeah like whoever the costumer was for that movie just kind of dropped the ball a little bit on that and then i don't know i don't know what was going on but i but i feel like helena bonham carter was wearing like a a, like fake teeth or something i don't know what it was but just i could not stop staring at her mouth for some reason that's so funny well they overdrew her lips a little bit that might have contributed to it too maybe but i feel like just i was staring at her mouth and i'm like what 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 is going on it's very very strange they were almost too perfect they were too white it was just weird i don't know again costuming i guess just kind of dropped the ball when it came to the fairy godmother really uh, I do think Helena Bonham Carter's portrayal of the fairy godmother was kind of fun. It was lovely. It was fun. I liked it a lot. It was cute. She was very quirky. She was she was so she was so different from the original fairy godmother that it was basically her own character, which I liked. Yeah, I liked it too. Which I dug. I thought it was I thought it was weird drama that Helena Bonham Carter was the fairy godmother with Kenneth Branagh as the director. That was. Oh. Do you know about their drama? No, I don't. Well, you know, Kenneth Branagh used to be married to Emma, Emma Thompson. 
I think you know I think I super vaguely remember that. Well, they were. But do you know who he had an affair with that broke up his marriage? Oh my god, was it Helena? It was Helena. That is so funny. That is so funny. Oh my god. There you go. Holy shit, that's funny. That's about it. <laughs> I just thought it's a fun fact. <laughs> that is a fun fact. Well, I just I don't cuz mm-hmm. I I mean like that kind of shit happens in Hollywood all the time, I feel like. Mhm. It's like people I end think up so, but... together. Don't do it. Well, I mean, Don't. like he can't, he can't really control that. He's not casting. I mean, isn't he? He's a director. But they don't. Isn't that what a casting director is for? No, the casting director, like in film and TV, it's very weird. But like the casting director goes out and like finds the people, but the director has final say still. Ah, okay. Well, the director doesn't have time to be like casting nets. Oh, that's oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah okay. 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 Well, I mean, okay. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> I just like Emma Thompson. Oh, I fucking love Emma Thompson. Yeah. I don't know. Like I say, I've been really weird and random today. I, I'm sorry I've podcasting so weird. Movie. No, she's not. I, I just mean, like, I love her and I wish that no one had cheated on her because... Okay. All right. Now I see where you're going. Because I was like... Part of me was like, but why? It, it's not a, really a problem because none of them work together at the same time. Because no, but because Emma Thompson isn't in this movie, so why would Helena Bonham Carter being there be a problem? But then I realized, oh, it's because Kenneth Branagh cheated on Emma Thompson with, with Helena, Helena Bonham, Bonham Carter, Carter, and that yes. in and of itself is just a weird situation. Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, I broke up your extremely high, or we broke up your extremely high profile marriage and dated till nineteen ninety nine. What's up? Yeah, like, hi. like that must be strange. Yeah. Well, I, anyway, guess... I shouldn't talk about people's personal lives. I just thought it was a weird little tidbit. Uh, anyway, point is, I think Helena Bonham Carter was probably a highlight for me of this movie. I agree. She did. I think she was fun and did a, and did a good job. The transformation of like the pumpkin into the carriage was beautiful. Like visually, all of all of it was gorgeous. I do think that I do think the majority of the budget of this entire film was probably put towards the transformation sequence. This whole mm-hmm. like this whole segment of the second act, uh, it, like th- yeah, this is like the end of the second act coming uh, coming into it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like when and then when Cinderella is at the ball itself, her whole interaction with Kit I thought was kind of fun, cute. Yeah, I thought it was nice. The only thing that was weird was that he has a big, like, swing to take ladies to. He has a secret garden. He has a secret garden. Straight up. ladies. I don't... But, like, straight wow. up calls it that. Like... Yeah. He's like, he's like I never br- I never bring anyone here. And she's like, oh, a secret garden. Trademark. Like... <laughs> it's got... And it's got a perfectly ball gown sized swing. Yes, it's perfectly <laughs> shaped for hoop skirts. Yeah. I just thought, so yeah, funny. yeah, you're right. That was very, very funny. Yeah. But yeah. So, I, yeah. I mean, it's an enjoyable movie. It's fine. It's pretty. It's pretty to look at. Yeah. It's worth watching, especially if you have something else to do while you watch it. Yeah. Especially if it's free on Disney Plus. Especially if it's free on Disney Plus. <laughs> like, it's not offensively bad like some no, other things no, no. that we've watched. Not it's like Cinderella 2. Not like Cinderella 2, holy moly. But yeah, it's just a little bit bland. I think the character is a little weaker than they intended because they were trying to put more, give her more, and they gave her more bland stuff. Yeah, they just didn't need to. Yeah. Yeah. So, all in all, we have officially watched four films surrounding surrounding Cinderella. 
that are that are under the Disney umbrella. Mm-hmm. Oh, that rhymed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, out of these four films, how would you rank them? Oh, okay. Well, um, number four is Cinderella two. Yeah. And then number three is Cinderella live action. Uh-huh. Then number two is Cinderella three. Uh-huh. And then number one is Cinderella one because it's simply perfect. It's I, practically perfect in every way. I 100% agree with his rating. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I have no other opinions. You are 100% correct. Oh, <laughs> I appreciate that very much. Cinderella 3 is amazing. I, I just is. think it's so good. I love when Disney's self-aware. I love Enchanted. We'll get there. But, like, I love that yeah. kind of thing. Well, and I think the thing with Cinderella 3 was that they they took the original story and did a successful expansion of the original story to a certain degree like Mm -hmm. i say they expanded it in that they basically start the movie off like after lady tremaine has gone back in time basically at like the end of the first film so they were able to really expand on it but all in all they did i think they did a really good job of maintaining a lot of the original characters uh characteristics and motivations and all this other stuff while at the same time still expanding on them because, like, you get more expansion of Lady Tremaine's character, for sure, but yeah. it still doesn't steer away from her original motivation, which is ultimately higher status, right? Yeah. And then with Anastasia, it does a really good job of expanding her character and making her into a more empathetic character and, you know, really, really building her as somebody that we ultimately end up really liking. Yes. Right? And like, 100%. and like, and as you mentioned earlier, with the origin, with the stepsisters in this version, in the live action version, they just didn't even need to be there. Yeah, they didn't do anything really, they and didn't they didn't do their anything. Their personalities weren't big enough. Their outfits were too similar to each other. Like, um, I just they didn't make an impression. It was definitely a missed mark, I think. Which is in and of itself a real shame because, like the, the stepsisters are kind of iconic in and of themselves. Yes, absolutely. Right? Like, everyone mm-hmm. knows the stepsisters of Cinderella. Like, they're... Yeah, they're they're bitches, but they're so over the top that, yeah. like, they are... They're characters in and of themselves. And it was just a real shame that in this... In the live-action version, they just weren't. Yeah, they were very lost, and their ball gowns were not... It just, they weren't right. They looked a bit like candies from a candy box and it just got lost in the design of everything else. Yeah. It's just a real shame. Yeah, I agree. But at least we had Kate Blanchett because damn. Yes. Ugh, because Kate Blanchett is just fucking brilliant. Brilliant, gorgeous, and beautiful. And her costumes are incredible. And she understood the assignment. She 100% sold this character, Mm -hmm. albeit the writing and direction of the character was not all that great but kate herself did, did kate herself did a good job of uh of giving us what was expected i guess is yeah. what i'm trying to say yeah i mean she she nailed it she nailed the fairy tale style she nailed being true to the character while inventing it on her own like she's just a brilliant person yes we like kate blanchett we like kate blanchett for sure yes we stand all right <laughs> What what is what are your final thoughts, Anwar? Uh, kind of basically just a repeat of what you said. It's just ultimately, my final thoughts are: this movie is okay. If <laughs> like again, like if you if you want to watch it, it's fine. It's cute. Uh, it is nice to kind of just have something in the background. Admittedly, like the the songs aren't really all that memorable. If they're all right. Oh wait, 
Are there any songs? Uh, there's Lavender Blue, which uh, Lavender's Blue, I should say, that uh, Cinderella's mom sings to her. Her That's mom is Haley Atwell, aka Peggy Carter. But yeah. That's the uh, one. I couldn't yeah, even yeah. sing the tune. Uh, Lavender's Blue, Dilly. I don't really know. Yeah. It's nice, though. What I did like, though, was I did like that 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 specific motif of that song uh which which you were you were getting it i think because it's clicking in my head now uh was mm-hmm. was was music that they translated kind of throughout the film so would like you hear mm-hmm. you hear it kind of come up every so often yeah um, i do like that as a motif but i just like that as a thing in general whenever whenever yes. scores do that whenever they get Me like too. the icon the iconic motif of a of a song or of a particular piece of score and they put it through throughout the rest of the as basically making like a theme kind of thing mm-hmm. so this is i guess you could kind of say that that was like cinderella's theme within it within the within this film yeah um yeah. but all in all like you said this movie's fine it's all right it's okay if you're gonna watch a cinderella film watch the original it's yeah way better <laughs> totally and i mean the next one i watch is gonna be cinderella 3 again so i don't know yeah just because cinderella <laughs> 3 is just a gen it's it's just fun it is a fun little romp that makes you that engages you and that you genuinely sit there and you're like holy shit what's happening like what's going to happen next kind of thing right whereas with this movie like even even though you know the story i feel like you should still be able to come into it being like oh right like yeah yeah anyway it's it's all right it's me it's all right Take our advice. Go watch Cinderella 3 again. You'll thank us. Yes, do that. Do that instead. <laughs> now, as for next week, we are going Ooh, to yeah. we are going to continue with the Silver Age. However, we are moving on from our wonderful, beautiful strawberry blonde silver dress princess. And yeah. oh, we are that's going Oh, nice of you. <laughs> yes. And we are going into the bonkers insanity that is Alice in Wonderland. Oh, I'm so excited. You know, last time I watched Alice in Wonderland, I ate a ton of mushrooms first, but they'd gone bad, I guess, because I didn't see a single goddamn visual the whole time. But I love that movie so much. Okay. I'm ex- like, I, I legitimately really like Alice in Wonderland. It is such a, it, for lack of a better phrase, it's a hell of a trip. Yeah. Like, uh, like, I remember, like, I watched it. I think I watched it within this last year, but I remember I was like, this movie is fucking bonkers. Like this movie is just so weird. It's yeah. It's very, oh, it's so weird. Yeah. But the book is weird. It's pretty. True That's to the true. Book. Yeah, the book itself. Yeah. Well, it's it. It's more true to the first one, isn't it? Not to, uh, not to not through the looking glass. It has. It, yeah, it's it, more true to the first one. Yeah. Like through the looking glass doesn't have a lot in common with the animated movie. Yeah. Anyway, I'm excited about yeah. it. I really like it. I think Alice in Wonderland is a hilarious, ridiculous romp, and it's great. And it is all. It also has several iconic things, like you know the Cheshire Cat, which is great. We all mm-hmm. we always love the Cheshire Cat. He's wonderful. Yeah. So more Sterling Holloway, isn't it? Yes, it is. More Winnie the Pooh voice. Yes. It is Sterling. We like Sterling. Yeah. Aww. We do. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we'll see y'all next week for Alice in Wonderland. See you next week for Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Bye. Bye.